I'm Alex Delay, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast that hopes to give you inspiration and tools to live a more satisfying life. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. If you enjoy listening, you can head to the NHK World website to watch. You'll find interviews with people from all walks of life. In the early 2000s, researchers at Stanford wanted to see how language could influence the way we think. They took a group of people whose native language was either German or Spanish and asked them in English to describe a bridge. The native German speakers described the bridge as elegant, pretty, and peaceful. The Spanish speakers described it as strong, sturdy, and towering. Why the difference? Because the word for bridge in German is feminine, die Brücke, but in Spanish is masculine, el puente. We're often unaware of how much language shapes the way we see the world. Now consider the way we talk about disability. The term itself highlights a perceived problem, a lack of ability. It puts the individual at the center, as if disability were a trait or a characteristic of the individual. Today's guest invites us to look at disability in a different way. Shani Danda is a British activist advocating for greater accessibility. In 2019, she organized the UK's first event in support of disabled South Asian women. She has also appeared on many TV programs to speak out for the rights of people with disabilities. Shani encourages us to think of disability not as a characteristic of the individual, but as the result of barriers and bias that exist in society. How can we make society more accessible for everyone? Let's join narrator Jean Otani and find out on today's episode of Vision Vibes. A panel discussion on media representation of disability was held in London in November 2022. Shani Danda, today on Direct Talk, was its guest speaker. She is a British disability activist. Danda has been vocal on her efforts to change the world based on her own experiences. Quite often when we see disability representation or, or disabled people in the news or media, it's disabled uh, people talking about disability. We need much more incidental representation. We have to stop pigeonholing disabled people to only talk about disability. She has appeared on many TV programs to speak out for the rights of people with disabilities. Danda continues to break the barriers to create an accessible society where everyone can live better lives. The society that I want to live in is one that is accessible, both physically, but also societally, um, attitudinally, uh, because, you know, it's not my condition or impairment that disables me. It's the barriers and the bias that I face. Those are the things that disable me. Danda has faced many physical barriers over the years. Moreover... She felt discrimination by the people where she grew up. I was born into a very big South Asian Indian community, one which I'm really proud to be part of. I love my identity, but disability still, even today, faces a, 
a further sense of stigma. So it's still a very much taboo topic. And actually, we don't really have the language to talk about disability. And in our own cultures and religions, for example. Danda is 116 centimeters tall due to a rare genetic condition. She has suffered many inconveniences and discomfort. I live in London, but the transport here, the public transport system, is really not accessible. Only 33% of the tube infrastructure, which is the underground, is accessible. You know, in the supermarket, I can't really reach many things. ATMs sometimes are too high.、Uh, you know, if I want to buy a sandwich, it might be all the way on the top shelf. Danda has taken change into her own hands to improve media representation and raises awareness of the environment for people with disabilities. There were times when she was criticized for being overexposed in the media, but encouragement from other disabled people gave her the strength to continue taking on challenges. Danda was born in Birmingham. She has an elder sister and a younger brother. At the age of two, she was diagnosed with brittle bone disease. That's a genetic condition which affects around one in fifteen thousand children in the UK. By the age of fourteen, Danda had broken her legs six times and spent the majority of her time in the hospital. The characteristics of my condition is that my bones break without any trauma, so I don't have to have an accident and I don't have to have an injury for my bones to break. So it's sort of like being made out of glass. You're very fragile. One time, my auntie she just picked me up under the arms, like how you pick a child up, and my leg broke. So it would just be really everyday things. It was her mother's strict discipline that fostered Danda's independence. Growing up, my mum would teach me that if you can't do things the way other people can, then you just have to find a different way of doing things. Whether that finding how to reach the kitchen cupboards, doing the vacuum, finding clothes to fit me, she actually went as far to say is. Shani, you're not allowed to say I can't. She said that's banned. You're not allowed to say that. At the time, I did think she was a bit harsh. I did think she was a bit cruel. But now, as an adult, when I look back on that time, I can only thank her for giving me the strength and for making me really resilient. When Danda was 14, metal plates were inserted in her legs. Since then, she had fewer fractures, expanding her opportunities. She no longer needed to use her wheelchair, so at the age of 16, she decided to look for a part-time job. And when I would apply for these jobs, I had one sentence、um, in my application that that would say, you know, I have a condition, but it doesn't affect my ability to do this job. And it had got to the point where I'd applied for over 100 jobs. And、I just hadn't heard anything back. I want to work. I want to contribute to society. I want to be independent. I want to earn money. 
what's going on? Why am I not hearing back? And then I thought, okay, let me take that one sentence about my condition off my application. And I was offered an interview straight away and I got a job straight away. So at 16, I did learn a really harsh life lesson that people are judging my ability based on my appearance. Danda realized that when searching for a job, it was important to meet people in person. It gave her the chance of being employed as it overcame prejudice. She went on to university to expand her opportunities. She was able to land a job at a promotional events company after graduation. People made offensive remarks, even though she led an independent life. Well, some people say, oh, you will never be able to get married or you will never be able to have children. And that's really hard to hear. But also, I don't know why people say that to me, because if I want to get married, I will get married. (laughs) If I want to have children, I will find a way to make that happen too. At the age of 31, she founded the Asian Disability Network to support disabled people with similar experiences. I just realized that the attitudes of disability hadn't changed in my community in the whole time that I had been alive. And I just thought, how can it, how can it have remained unchallenged and unchanged? I remember growing up and I didn't know any other South Asian disabled people. There's so many of us, according to the data, but I didn't know any. So I thought, okay, if I can create a safe space for everybody, then that's only got to be a good thing. Danda realized that educating parents and close relatives were an essential factor in order to change the situation. She now holds online forums for families and others to help people with disabilities connect with society. But even if the circumstances change and society becomes more accessible, Danda stresses it is important for people with disabilities to be financially independent. It is estimated that there are currently 14.6 million people with disabilities in the UK. This represents 22% of the total population. According to the 2021 British Labour Force Survey, 53.5% of disabled people between the ages of 16 and 64 were employed. For non-disabled people, the figure was 81.6% showing a significant difference. In addition, the wages paid to disabled people were on average 13.8% lower compared to those who are not disabled. We visited the home of a disabled man living in London to find out what kind of financial difficulties they actually face. Hello. Nice to see you today. Uh, yes, I was, here's the aware of the disability pay gap and that percentage that disabled people are paid less than non-disabled people. And for me, personally, it's not surprising, but it's still very shocking and very frustrating. People with disabilities on average face extra costs of £583, or around $711 per month. This includes higher energy bills for charging wheelchairs or other care services. 
for many disabled people like myself, as you can see, I have a power wheelchair, I have an air mattress, I have different equipment that I have to use throughout the day and night, and that all takes heating and gas and electric, and there's not much support for disabled people. And so obviously the pay gap, or your pay is going towards paying just surviving. And it's really hard. It's getting harder and harder in the UK. Danda believes that financial support is essential to improve the lives of people with disabilities. This had led her to start a new project. It is a mobile application called Diversibility Card, which can only be used by those certified as disabled. This is the prototype of the app. It will offer discounts of 10 to 15% from companies such as Amazon and Nike. One of the biggest reasons why I'm launching this app to help disabled people save money is because nobody else is doing it. Nobody else really, I don't think, understands like the true extent of the financial pressure that disabled people face. This is my lived experience, so obviously I have first-hand experience of, of the challenges and I'm motivated to do something about it. However, creating the app proved to be very expensive and Danda had to work hard to raise funds from investors. Then the COVID-19 pandemic created an extra layer of difficulty. So I had to pitch for investment to get money to create my, the app, essentially. I had got it all up to a point where I had done everything that I could without any money. And then I started to pitch for investment. It took me ages to get investors. And now we went into total lockdown. And one by one, uh, on that day, all the investors were contacting me saying, I'm really sorry, but... I don't know what this now means for me financially and I'm going to have to pull out. Um, obviously, you know, it was very upsetting, really disappointing. Nevertheless, Danda hopes to launch the app by 2023. One thing she has continued to do since her 20s is traveling. Danda travels around the world as she feels she may not be able to do so someday. Because I know how fragile life is, like, look at how my childhood was, look at how restricted I felt, and, you know, I really, I really feel that my life started at 16, like, my independent life started at 16. I made a promise to myself that I didn't want to live with regrets. So, in my 20s, I just used to work to travel. I've been to 39 countries now, and I'm 35 years old. But the reason that I wanted to travel young or from a young age is because as I get older, my mobility will deteriorate. I will be a full-time wheelchair user again. Um, that's, not, that's not what makes me sad. What makes me sad is the world is still inaccessible. I know that I will find it more difficult to go out and do the things that I need to do but not because of my condition, not because I will need to use a wheelchair, it's because the world is not accessible. Finally, we asked Danda to write down her hopes for the future. So I wrote the future is accessible because that's what I truly believe. I do believe that one day 
society will be fully inclusive. Maybe not in my lifetime, but that's what I'm definitely working towards. And the society that I want to live in will have a different perspective. It will have a, had a complete mind shift on how we think about disability. I wanted better disability representation. I wanted more intersectional and diverse disability representation. And I firmly, you know, I firmly achieved that. But I want more people to come through. I want there to be even more diverse representation. I didn't want it just for me. I want it for our whole community. The future is accessible. Shani's vision isn't a future without disease or hardship. She simply wants us to come together and make society accessible for everyone. It's weird for me to think that if I'd grown up a thousand years ago, I would probably be considered disabled. My eyesight is so poor I can barely recognize a person sitting across a table from me. But thanks to glasses, my eyesight isn't an obstacle. A couple hundred grams of metal and glass completely changed my quality of life. What changed wasn't me. My eyes are still terrible. It was the technology made available and affordable by society. And it was the attitudes of the people around me who don't see a disability, they only see glasses. My example is trivial compared to what a lot of people are facing, but still, Shani's vision makes me wonder. Is it so far-fetched to think that someday we can change our attitude toward every disability? That we can stop defining people based on their ability and learn to see differences as nothing more than differences? It's worth a try. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I've been Alex Tillet. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes. <laughs>